the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. President Biden delivers the State of the Union address with half-truths. Joe Biden did manage to plumb the depths of demagoguery, even uh, a record for Joe Biden. Border Patrol chiefs testify before Congress. I absolutely would advocate for uh, the cartels being designated as terrorist organizations. Zoom is the latest tech company to cut jobs. It's the end of corporate stimulus. In what must have been one of the longest State of the Union speeches in recent history, President Biden addressed a divided Congress and an American populace still struggling under decades-high inflation on Tuesday night. The speech was also the first time that Biden addressed Congress after Republicans took control of the House in the November midterm elections. For the president, he needed to connect with the American people as his approval ratings are polling in the 40 percent range, mostly due to the economy, which, despite some promising reports, most feel pessimistic about their financial futures. Biden started off his speech by saying that COVID is no longer a threat and democracy is strong. COVID had shut down, our businesses were closed, our schools were robbed of so much, and today COVID no longer controls our lives. And two years ago, democracy faced its greatest threats of the Civil War, and today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. Later on in his speech, there was a tense moment when Biden accused Republicans of wanting to end Social Security and Medicare, and many Republicans then verbally challenged him. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's the majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks. The idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Biden then addressed the threat from China. We made clear, and I may give my personal conversations, which have been many, with President Xi, that we seek competition, not conflict. But I will make no apologies that we're investing and in, to make America stronger. 
Investing in American innovation and industries will define the future that China intends to be dominated. Investing in our alliances and working with our allies to protect advanced technologies so they will not be used against us. Modernizing our military to safeguard stability and deter aggression. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country, and we did. The president concluded his speech by proclaiming that the State of the Union is strong. So I've come to fulfill my constitutional obligation to report in the State of the Union. And here's my, my report. Because the soul of this nation is strong, because the backbone of this nation is strong, because the people of this nation are strong, the State of the Union is strong. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders came with the Republican response to the Biden speech and came out swinging. So forgive me for not believing much of anything I heard tonight from President Biden. From out-of-control inflation and violent crime to the dangerous border crisis and threat from China. Biden and the Democrats have failed you. They know it, and you know it. And it's time for a change. Sanders pulled no punches by laying out where she believes the real divide in America lies. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Sanders explains some of what she feels are the failures of the Biden administration. And while you reap the consequences of their failures, the Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols. All while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is. Your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. And it's wrong. Ed Morrissey, host of The Ed Morrissey Show and managing editor at HotAir.com, joins the Daybreak Insider podcast with his thoughts on the Biden State of the Union speech. Well, it's the State of the Union speech again. And Joe Biden has delivered his stump speech again. As usual with State of the Union speeches, nothing new was said. You could have scripted this out from beginning to end. Uh, Every State of the Union is like this. Every State of the Union is a campaign speech. But Joe Biden did manage to plumb the depths of demagoguery even uh, a record for Joe Biden, I think, at times, accusing Republicans of wanting to sunset Medicare and Social Security, accusing Republicans of all sorts of different things, mentioning political violence against Paul Pelosi, but not against Brett Kavanaugh, not against uh, some of the uh, some of the conservatives. I, this, to me, is just another Biden demagogic stump speech delivered in classic Joe Biden style at the top of his lungs. The president was yelling from the podium because that's apparently how he thinks passion is 
projected, but it is the same old man yelling at clouds act that Joe Biden has, has had for the last several years. And it is a far cry from even the Joe Biden of the 2012 Democratic Convention, where he delivered a good dynamic speech in an otherwise rather boring convention and stole the spotlight briefly from Joe, uh, from uh, Barack Obama. This Joe Biden is uh, a one-note act, a demagogic one-note act, and America had a ringside seat to the Groundhog Day that is Joe Biden. The Daybreak Insider would like to thank Ed Morrissey for taking time to join us. For more from Ed, follow him on Twitter at Ed Morrissey and read his writings at hotair.com. The death toll in Turkey and Syria continues to climb. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens updates us on the latest from the tragedy in Turkey. The death toll is now over 5,000 following a 7.8 magnitude earthquake Monday morning, a 7.5 aftershock, and a 5.8 quake this morning. The earthquake brought down thousands of buildings when it hit Monday. Rescuers have been racing frantically to find more survivors, but their efforts were hampered by temperatures below freezing and some 200 aftershocks. The Los Angeles County Fire Department is sending an 81-person crew, and that will include six canine teams. The L.A. County Fire Department also sending three structural engineers. Los Angeles has some of the most advanced urban search and rescue crews in the world due to the area's history of earthquakes. Tasha Stevens reporting. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. On Tuesday, the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability questions sector chiefs who work at the U.S. southern border in order to ascertain the depths of the crisis and learn more about what sorts of policies and failures have led to the unprecedented number of border crossings and fentanyl seizures. The southern border crisis taking center stage on Capitol Hill. Two Border Patrol chiefs testifying before a GOP-led House Oversight Committee. And it comes after DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas attempted to block agents from testifying. And he actually successfully prevented two of them from speaking. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas tried to block the agent leaders from testifying. However, was only successful in preventing two border chiefs from doing so. Giving testimony on Tuesday were Chief Patrol Agent John Modlin of the border's Tucson sector and Chief Patrol Agent Gloria Chavez of the Rio Grande sector. News Nation's Allie Bradley says these hearings are the first time many lawmakers are able to hear from agents 
on the front lines as to what is actually going on at the border. We're talking about unprecedented border encounters. We're looking at a record number of gotaways and, of course, fentanyl flowing into the country at unprecedented rates. And we're hearing it for really the first time from people who are experiencing it on the front lines. The House Oversight Committee today grilling these two Border Patrol chiefs about what exactly is happening in their sectors. Meanwhile, Chief Patrol Agent John Modlin says that many migrant crossers are now actively fighting with Border Patrol in order to evade capture. Nearly all migrants we encounter are completely outfitted and camouflaged by the smuggling organizations before they cross. Most run from and may fight our agents to avoid apprehension. Answering questions on how fentanyl is being shipped across the U.S. border, Modlin says that in the last year, Border Patrol agents saw an extraordinary amount of the drug. Last year, we seized about 700 pounds of fentanyl. To to give you an idea, based on on the lethality of a dose of of fentanyl, that's enough to kill everyone in Arizona 21 times or basically half the population of the United States. And and that was encountered 52 percent of that. So the majority of that was encountered in the field. So that is predominantly um, being backpacked across the border. Even as fentanyl is being seized, Border Patrol agents are still finding a lot of it in the field, predominantly being backpacked across the border. The news comes as reports have come to light that cartels are focusing now on small U.S. cities like Billings, Montana. Reporter Robert Sherman says that Mexican cartels have moved into every state in the U.S. The cartels are here. In fact, they're everywhere. Montana is far from alone. This map of cartel activity is from 2019. Since then, the cartels have expanded to all 50 states, battling for control of the nation coast to coast. Montana got its wake-up call in December. A multi-million dollar bust in Butte. 22 people arrested. Three of them, known associates of the Sinaloa cartel. The group once run by the notorious El Chapo, renowned for their total war tactics and brutality. Montana's Attorney General Austin Knudsen says that he has no doubt that every fentanyl drug in his state is coming from the Mexican drug cartels. 100%. Within 20 or 30 miles of where you purchased that, there is very likely a Mexican drug cartel member or an associate uh, involved with that drug trade. Knudsen explains that the federal government needs to secure the southern border so that the illegal drug flow will slow up in his state. The bottom line is I don't have the authority to stop every vehicle that comes into the state. Uh, That's not a legal option I have. It's not even a logistical option that I have. We know where these drugs are coming from. We know where 100% of the fentanyl and 100% of the methamphetamine are coming from, and they're coming from the Mexican drug cartels. And until the federal government gets serious about enforcing that southern border, uh, and and, and it's, it's, it's immigration policies, we're just going to keep seeing more and more of this. The Montana Attorney General agrees that cartels need to be designated as terrorist threats. These cartels are responsible for all the illicit drug use in Montana uh, and other states. But look, our crime rate is absolutely skyrocketing, and we know why. It's because people are doing methamphetamine, it's because they're doing fentanyl, and it's because of these cartels and their activities here in the U.S., So, yeah, I absolutely would advocate for uh, the cartels being designated as terrorist organizations. I think they are. 
I think they are absolutely undermining our country. They're poisoning our citizens. Uh, and they're absolutely flooding our streets. I mean, it's interesting when I talk to high-level DEA agents who've been on the job for decades, and they tell me this is the first time in their career they have seen a drug market in the U.S. completely saturated. That's a pretty scary statement, Chris, when you start talking about the amount of fentanyl that we're now seeing in our streets, on our highways in Montana, and in our, in our communities. Uh, it's, it's staggering. A pro-life governor wants to endow pro-life crisis pregnancy centers. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has more on this developing story. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has unveiled plans to funnel tens of millions of taxpayer dollars to pro-life centers as he declared that the state has a moral obligation to support families. Lee said Monday that he wants to create a $100 million grant program for nonprofit crisis pregnancy centers. If approved, Tennessee would become one of the top spenders on such organizations known for dissuading people from getting an abortion. However, now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, many centers have shifted to touting that they offer prenatal and post-birth classes. Keith Peters reporting. Zoom, the video conferencing company that became a staple in most American homes during the pandemic, is announcing layoffs. Zoom announcing it will lay off 1,300 workers. That's around 15% of its workforce. The stock popping on the news. As you can see, Zoom is one of more than 300 tech companies to lay off workers so far this year. That's according to data tracker layoffs.fyi. And U.S. employers overall have gotten rid of 100,000-plus jobs so far this year, according to data firm Challenger, Gray, and Christmas. The California-based company says it plans to cut 15% of its global workforce, which will impact around 1,300 employees. Zoom CEO also wrote that he would be taking a 98% pay cut and skip his corporate bonus. Alexandra Semenova of Yahoo Finance tries to make sense of the duality that is found in the labor market that seems to pit layoffs against the nation's recent jobs report. There's this mystery right now in the employment picture. You have Zoom today, you had Dell yesterday. It seems like corporate America, you know, can't lay workers off fast enough. But then you get the Labor Department's jobs report on Friday, and it's more than half a million jobs added in January alone. So it kind of is leaving everyone scratching their heads and wondering what is happening with the labor market when you're hearing of layoffs, but people are still hiring. And Bank of America put it really well. They had one explanation for this contradiction. They said it's the end of corporate stimulus. So first we had the end of the Fed stimulus. We had the end of stimulus checks, and now we're in a stage where companies are in bell tightening mode. Semenova goes on to say that it's not just tech companies that are laying off workers. And we're really seeing that with the tech companies. You know, there was a period during the pandemic boom where uh, some workers were furloughed, so companies had extra money. Uh, you know, they were doing well in terms of performance. So they had all this extra cash to ha- add on workers and keep that deal flow going. And then obviously last year happened, and they got to this place where headcount was actually outpacing their sales growth. And so now they have to trim back on that. You have Amazon, Meta, uh, Apple, all laying off workers. And yet they still have 
have an excess of about 20% of hiring over the past three years that they have to kind of trim down on in order to get those sales back up. And we're not only seeing this in the technology sector, we're seeing that with you know finance as well. You had Goldman Sachs, which took away its performance reviews during the pandemic and then brought them back this past year to kind of get rid of bankers who were underperforming. And that actually eventually led to layoffs as well. So all these companies are scaling back on you know their pandemic booms. As of Tuesday, Zoom's stock price had fallen about 43% year over year. Zoom is far from the only tech company to announce layoffs recently. Several other companies have announced staffing cuts. The secrets of a glittering golden Egyptian mummy have been uncovered without disturbing the occupant. Daybreak Insiders at Donahue has more on this history-making discovery. The mummy is called the Golden Boy. Radiology professor Sahar Salim at Cairo University says the mummy is about 2,300 years old. CT scans help them get a better look at it. There were 49 amulets. The arrangement of the amulets in three columns are, were really very unique. Some of the amulets are made of gold, a sign of the boy's social status. Researcher Sarah Ahmed Abdulaziz says CT scans help preserve the mummy. You can now have a piece of amulet based off one that is in a mummy in your hand, 3D printed, without removing anything. Researchers say a gold tongue amulet was put inside the boy's mouth so that he could speak in the afterlife. I'm Ed Donahue. And finally, a rare art exhibition at the Netherlands National Museum of Art is bringing together 28 works by 17th century Dutch master Johannes Vermeer. Never before have so many Vermeer works been put on show together in a single exhibition, which is amazing because, according to experts, only 37 paintings are generally ascribed to the artist who lived from 1632 to 1675 in the city of Delft. General Director Taco Dibbett says the exhibition provides a chance for visitors to immerse themselves in the exquisite interior scenes for which Vermeer is best known. Vermeer has this this quality of kind of everything is perfect. Everything falls in place. There's perfect happiness in his scenes. There's tranquility. There's intimacy. The museum's head of paintings and sculpture, Peter Roloff, says recent research has begun to unravel the mysteries of the painter. We're really coming closer to Vermeer than we've ever been. And it's not only thanks to all of these paintings having here, but also the research that's been done in the last few years with an international team of experts that we really understand more about his life, about his household, about his direct context, the people for whom he made his paintings, and what they mean. Seven of the paintings haven't been in the Netherlands in more than two centuries. Museum General Director Dibbett says Vermeer has a quality of a kind of everything is perfect, Everything is in its place. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. 
I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.